Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. We've got a great speaker today. Hope you enjoy. So Stephen, I said you're going to be very good, so no pressure. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, thanks, Michael. How is everyone? Good. Good, good. Uh, I feel a little bit uh, more nervous today due to the subject that I'm speaking on. Um, because I'm speaking on the family home, and that obviously incorporates marriage and those uh, and family as well. So um, uh, there's enough pressure on any preacher who brings a word from God, but there's even more when your wife and your mother-in-law are sitting in the front row. So there's no pressure on me today. Eh? So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, I've had to work hard to push the jokes and be like right, right down the line um, on the sermon. So, um, yeah, so I've um, titled the talk "Home is where the start is." Did you see what I did there? Took a lot of creativity to come up with that one. Um, but yeah, just um, I've been married for nearly nine years. I have um, two little girls, a five-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, so very, very blessed. And as you all know, life and marriage um, for both partners can bring challenges and stuff. And we, we walk this journey together. Um, and just recently I've been just praying into things and um, God's been speaking to me personally on what my life is like at home and so I thought I would do something outrageous and preach on it. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes today um, on this matter. So um, we know how precious marriage is to God and we know how precious the family home is to God and it's so important to God that we treasure that and value that and protect it and work hard at it. Uh, and life throws in lots of challenges and obstacles and we, we have an enemy who wants to see our homes fall apart um, with divorce rates and family separation. And um, so we've got a massive challenge to ensure that we follow the guidance and the teachings and the leading of the Bible to make sure that we are actually living um, our lives out the way God has planned and intended for us to live in. So um, it's very dear to God's heart for us to protect and value um, our families. So I'm going to give it a go. Preaching on it, the first um, verse I want to preach from is in Colossians um, 3, 18 to 21. And it says that wives submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. And husbands love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. And fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. So there's some nice key words in there that you could um, pick out, um, maybe even going for the husbands to love your wives and never treat them harshly, but has any of uh, any husbands in here would uh, be keen to admit they've ever treated their wife harshly? I have as well. <laughs> um, and it says children, 
when you obey your parents, it's always, always obey your parents. I kind of feel that although we've got four points, I'll probably only cover two because there's so much debt, but we'll see how things go anyway. So we'll start with the first point, which is wives submit to their husbands. So the word submission, it's not like WWF wrestling, where you pin your wife down or whatever like that, or it's not that you are uh, in total control um, of your wife. Um, the word submission um, does not mean inferiority, but what it actually means, the word submit is actually a military word, and the word simply means to arrange under rank. It means to come up under. So a sergeant is not inferior to a captain, they are equal. However, to have order in the military, um, authority must exist. Um, authority must exist in the relationship or chaos will ensue. And it's the same way that God made the husband and wife relationship. He's made it with order so that it will function properly. Um, so when it says um, that, or why Paul has said that in this verse, why is the submission of wives to husbands fitting for those who love the Lord? Back in the culture um, of Romans and Greeks, things were a little bit different than they are now. So um, anyone who'd come to faith in Jesus in those days, wives might not have been particularly used to submitting to their husbands. Culture was very different, um, but now we're, they're following the guidance and leading off uh, what's been taught in the Bible and through the scriptures. So, um, so why is submission of wives to husbands fitting for those who love the Lord? Um, is basically, again, um, it was good advice given to new people in new faith. Um, so the advice given was that the wife should follow their husband's leadership, but that leadership must be leadership in Jesus. Not, it's not saying, or what he is saying, is that the husband is dedicated and committed to Jesus. The wife should then submit to him under those circumstances. And I know, ladies, that is not easy. Um, we can be very challenging, can't we? Men can be challenging. We can be very difficult and awkward. We get that. We know that. Um, we're fully aware of that. Um, we have a, I think men have a tendency to act first and think later. Or is that just me? Just me. Thanks, guys. Got my back up here this morning. Um, and it can cause all sorts of chaos. I did it recently. I just get an idea in my head and go ahead with it. So I ripped my family bathroom out last weekend. Um, and currently it's still ripped out. And what I didn't consider was the amount of trips I've got away over the next three or four weeks. Um, so that bathroom is most likely going to remain stripped out for about another four weeks, which is fine because we have an ensuite. Uh, the only thing with our own suite is the toilet's about a meter away from the bed. <laughs> and we don't have locks on our doors. We have sliding mirror doors, and my one-year-old loves to open the door and play peekaboo when you're trying to have some alone time <laughs> in the bathroom. So the circumstances are not great at the moment, but we'll get there. But that's probably one example of uh, um, acting first and thinking later and not being very patient um, to wait for a few weeks. So um, you can see quite clearly why, on some examples, why God has made it important for us to have a wife. Um, 
I'm sure every husband would agree that the wife brings wisdom um, and calm and sense and logic to a marriage. Would you agree? I'm getting brownie points today, I understand, but I genuinely mean that. I mean, yeah, I, I see businesses run. I've got a job now where I get to go into the world of people's businesses. And the ones genuinely that are succeeding and doing well are the ones where the wife's sitting at the table next to the husband and they work together. And I'm straight up, I mean that. Thriving business. Work together, side by side. Um, whereas when I used to do business, I just wanted to do everything myself. Um, maybe that's why we didn't get too far. But, <laughs> but yeah, straight up, these, you know, they work table, sit right beside one another. And I mean, Monday to Friday, and then go home and do life together at home. The business thrives, and they have this, this particular couple of a wonderful relationship from what I've seen, and it does go to show the importance of our wives being involved in all areas, uh, and that's the way that God has created it. So, um, ladies, I'd like to say to you guys that um, you're, our, you're the difference whether your husband wins or loses. God knew that each man would need divine help in his life, and you ladies are the human form of that divine help. You are his encourager, his support, his strength. Your divine input will see him succeed. Your divine prayer will see him make it. Um, and your help is, um, you have no idea the, what you bring to your husband's life. God's given you a huge responsibility, as he has given the husband a huge responsibility, to support and encourage and be behind and to back and to push and, and help your husband in the areas of his life, so whether that be at work, running business, being employed, whatever. So um, God's given you a huge responsibility um, and, and it's a divine one at that, that God um, knew from the beginning that it was not good for man to be alone. Who knows what state this world would be in if he had not introduced a wife to a husband's life. So um, I want to encourage you ladies to um, pray for your husbands, to keep encouraging uh, and to know that your input is divine and it's from God um, as well. Husbands uh, are to love their wives and not to be harsh with them. So some of us admitted that we've been there and done that um, as well. So uh, in the Roman and Greek culture, the, has, the husband had unlimited power as the head of the home and the family. And they were not used to treating their wives with love and respect. So when this was presented to them, I could imagine it caused some kind of uproar. Um, but when we get saved and we commit our life to Jesus Christ, we have to make several changes and a lot of big changes. And it was the same for these guys back in these days. Um, so they weren't used to, put, to um, loving their wives. In fact, they were, wives back then were seen probably more as, a, um, as an object or a means. They were, they were told to stay away. They weren't allowed to walk about and to be involved as the men were. Um, we know that the, the New Testament's changed uh, how we obviously view marriage and, and the man's role and the woman's role. Um, so it was a big thing for these guys to, to adapt to that. So um, 
real spiritual leadership involves service. Just as Jesus served the disciples um, to the extent of washing their feet, um, so the husband is to serve his wife. Um, And this means putting aside his own interests in order to care for his wife. Um, The husband's role as head of the home is not to dictate and to control, but actually comes with a massive responsibility. The husband is given the role as head of the home, but it's to ensure that that home is godly. It's to ensure that that home is um, built up in the Word of God. It's to ensure that the kids in that home are studying and learning the ways of God. It's to ensure that there's times of prayer um, together. The husband's role is not a case of that you kick back on the couch with a beer watching Sky Sports while the wife cleans up and puts the kids to bed and all the rest of it. No, what it means is that you've actually got a huge responsibility to ensure that you are making sure that your kids and your family are grown up in the ways of God, that your home is filled with the presence of God. That's what that's saying to us. Um, So it means putting aside our own interests um, as well. And so I was with a a family recently. Um, We we had a bit of a a rough week, one week, um, where our youngest daughter was not for the first time taken back into hospital and um, I had been away and up in Aberdeen so I came back and we got things settled and we got our daughter back at hospital but then I had to go away that same night and I was just about to arrive for a work event in Glasgow when Zara phoned and said that the kitchen's flooded. (laughs) So you could, it wasn't our finest week, um, a kid in hospital, kitchen flooded. Um, and so I had um, checked in to a hotel in Glasgow and then two minutes later checked back out because it was that bad. And my work colleague is a born-again Christian and he says, come and stay with us. So we arrived late, basically just went straight to our beds and we woke up in the morning and the whole family was up for breakfast. And we were just talking about life. They're, they're all Christians. And they just, we were talking about what's been happening and this guy, he just says, you know what? Let's do communion. Three teenagers, uh, myself, him and his wife, and the kids, I couldn't believe this, the kids were so excited at the thought of taking communion. It spoke so much to me because I would have thought teenagers would maybe just not be interested in getting involved in, in something like that. So it was like quarter to eight in the morning and we poured a little bit of red wine and took a biscuit and he prayed a short, brief, powerful prayer. And we took communion and just everyone just headed out the door and went to work. I've never seen anything like it, and I know I was meant to see it, because I could have been in that smelly hotel, but I had the privilege of being there. Um, we prayed, he prayed over both our families, and we all went on our way. And that's like one example of the man being the head of the home, is that you introduce and we follow through on those spiritual disciplines, um, and we teach our kids that there's power in it, and we have faith ourselves to believe that when we take communion and when we pray 
that God's moving and doing big things in our life behind the scenes supernaturally. So just one fine example um, of what that meant. So um, so a wise um, and Christ-honoring husband will not abuse that leadership role, and at the same time a wise and Christ-honoring wife will not try to undermine her husband's leadership. So either approach causes disunity and fraction in marriage. I've got a big question to ask. You don't give out the answer, because I, I, I wouldn't either, but if, I, if you were to be asked what condition is your marriage in just now, how, how would you answer that question? Um, is it tense and hostile and argumentative, or is it all going well and there's peace and harmony? And, you know, um, we know life gets difficult at times and we can go through seasons and, and God has a lot of grace for us. Um, but I want to ask that the bigger picture is that does your house at home, is it as godly inside as, it, as you are when you're at church or when you're at meetings and serving? Is your home the same? Has it got the same um, structure and spiritual um, spiritual uh, atmosphere and presence in it. So um, I, I'd been praying recently, a bit frustrated. Do you ever go through seasons of frustration? Or just me as well? Okay. So <laughs> it's called being a Man United fan. I get it, I know, but it's just hard just now. Give us guys a break. But So yeah, I was praying, um, you know, I, I just felt something wasn't quite clicking together, if I'm being honest. Um, been a Christian for I think 11 years now um, and uh, I'm not saying I'm the best when it comes to giving and tithing and, and spiritual disciplines but I, I do my best and, I, and we, we've tithed regularly for a while and we've, we, we've given and sponsored children and we've served Friday nights in the youth and we've helped out on Sundays and stuff and I just was praying and saying God you know Sometimes I just don't feel like I'm living in the blessing of all of those things that, that we do and stuff. And uh, very quickly made me, made me realize that he says, well, it has to start at home. You know, that's all very well doing these things. But if you haven't got it together at home, it's almost, I'm not saying this is scripturally true, but it was almost the sense I was getting that it was hard for God to bless somebody when you can't have it together at home, when the house has got, when there's arguing and fighting and, and we're not loving and respecting one another the way that the Bible's commanding us, it's very, the sense I got was it was difficult for God to then bless me. So there's many mornings <laughs> we've left the house on the back of an argument, we'll be honest and say that. Um, there's been tension and, and, and some fighting and, and then you jump in your, your van or your car and go to work and say, God, please bless my day, please can I have your favor and your blessings and can you, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, actually, when you think about it, it, does, it just surely God can't work that way. And there's actually, there is one verse um, that, that, that lines up with that. And it's in Mark three twenty-five, And it says, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Feuding means to be engaged in a prolonged and bitter quarrel or dispute. So maybe there's unforgiveness, maybe there's some stuff went on in our marriage, maybe there's an issue that we've not dealt with, um, total random example, but I've got an app. There is our times flagging up inside you when we know that we should be having 
regular chats with our husband and wife and sitting down and clearing the air. Um, because what happens if we don't, it just builds up. We've got a fancy steam cleaning iron. Like, you, yeah, you've probably all got one now. They're quite popular, but it kept flashing up this light saying, I need cleaning. And I was like, no, you don't. I'll just reset it. And I did this over and over and over and over until one day it just stopped working. It's like, why is this not working? But I knew why it wasn't working because I'd been ignoring all the signs to, to act and to clean it and to fix it. And there's signs in the home when there's tension and there's arguments and fighting that we should probably stop and say, wait a minute, this probably isn't how God views and intends our marriage to be. And those little warning signs are probably a good time for us to sit down and to communicate without trying to strangle each other because that's not biblical or scriptural either. Um, but to try and work through it um, as well. So, um, so yeah, a family is splintered by feuding will fall apart. Um, and that's not just a husband and wife, you know, I guess that's if there's, you know, if we've got raising kids and stuff as well. But on the back of that, um, on the, when we have maybe lost sight of what God's given us in a marriage, it says in Proverbs 18.22, that the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. And that's how God wants us to see marriage and family and home, is that it's a treasure. And if you had treasure, what would you do with it? You would guard it, and you would protect it, and you would do everything to make sure that you never lost it. And God's given us a spouse. He's given us parents. He's given us brothers and sisters. We should see that as a treasure, not a burden we were desperate to move out or not wishing that maybe or thinking that God's made some mistake and paired us up with the wrong spouse. But we were to see it as a treasure and we're to guard it and protect it. Um, And our marriages have an influence on generations to come. And there was a real, this is a real report that was done on two people um, in America. Everything's American. Any stats or statistics is American. I'm sure like 100% of stats are American, but yeah. Max Dukes was an atheist, and he lived a godless life. He married an ungodly woman, and from that union there was 310 people who died as paupers. 150 were criminals, and seven were murderers. 100 drunkards, and more than half the women were prostitutes. Max's 540 descendants cost the state a lot of money. On the other hand, Jonathan Edwards... He lived about the same time as Max Dukes, but he married a godly girl, and an investigation was made uh, of his 1,394 um, offspring. Sorry, um, so 13 became college presidents, 65 college professors, three became United States senators, 30 became judges. There was 100 lawyers. 60 physicians, 75 army and navy officers, 100 preachers and missionaries, um, 60 authors of prominence, one vice president of the United States, 80 became public officials in other capacities, 295 college graduates, among whom were governors of states and ministers to foreign countries, and his descendants did not cost the state a single penny. The difference between a godly family and one who doesn't um, follow and seek God. Um, And in Psalm 127, 
verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. But the first part, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Uh, a, home, a home without God can never experience the spiritual bond um, that God brings to relationships. Um, we've not to make the mistake of leaving God out of our life. God's not something that we experience on Sunday and pick it up again the next Sunday. Uh, God is something that we should have in our home and our work and our lives and our marriages and our relationships um, and friendships. And I want to encourage you guys to make God um, your high, highest priority and let him do the building. Um, for husbands and wives and, and families, it's so important to build the home together. It's important that we dream together. It's important that we pray together. It's important that we do the Lord's will together. It's important that we raise our kids together. Um, and it's important that we strive and that we work together as well. Um, I have a, a, a small exercise that might help um, you guys at home. Um, I'm, I've yet to exercise at home, but um, I've been doing some sales training. Um, and one of the keys that they gave on the sales training was um, MMFI was a, a title that they gave. So MMFI is something that we have to imagine that we can see written on everyone's forehead. So MMFI means make me feel important. So the training that they were given was saying that you need to make everyone you encounter at your work feel important. You need to make the conversation about them and not about you. You need to, if, if you're having a conversation and, and they do turn on you, answer the question, but be sure to put it back onto them. Make them feel important or make me feel important. So there's a challenge for each one of us um, this week to, to imagine that everyone's got MMFI written on their foreheads. Husbands and wives, MMFI, you can hashtag it or something, put it on your Facebook, who knows. But you can have MMFI, make me feel important. Because we probably do a really good job of that at work. We probably do a really good job of that when we're playing five-a-sides. We probably do a really good job of that when we're socializing with our mates. But how good a job of that do we do at home? That's when you're usually coming tired and just switched off and just want to sit down and have a coffee. But to actually, to make it even more a priority to see MMFI written on the foreheads of your kids and asking them how their day was and asking them what was their highlight and asking them um, what, what made them feel good about their day and then to ask your wife how's her day been to make her feel important feeling such a burden right now <laughs> the eyes of God <laughs> so it's something that I, I'm absolutely terrible at um, I probably should have gave it at least a week's try before I came up and asked you guys to do it. But, um, yeah, you know what it's like. We get tired and we come up um, with all reasons. But I, I've actually, my new job is doing me quite well, actually, because I have a boss that I've learned very quickly that it doesn't matter how valid my reason, reason or excuse is, he's not interested. So it's taken me just a few months to just agree with him and accept and tell him he's right on every occasion. 
Um, maybe that's been a pushover. I don't know. And maybe she do some Bible study on that stuff. But yeah, I've quickly realized. And, and then when I thought about it, I was like, well, do you know what? It makes me actually stop looking for excuses. So the excuse of being too tired after work is probably not a good enough excuse not to make my wife feel important or to make my kids feel important. It's, uh, so I, I, I really need to factor in his approach and imagine that everyone thinks like that and then I'll just stop coming up with excuses and making things happen. So um, MMFI, that's your um, homework for this week. Um, so I just want to encourage guys that the Bible teaches us to lead out of love um, and we're, we're encouraged not to, to, to tear other people down, but to build them up. So the godly home would be one that we build each other up, encourage one another. Um, there's a, Ephesians tells us to, um, to not have bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander and all types of evil behavior. And there probably is moments where we see that in the family home. But again, it's close to God's heart that we treat home and family as treasure uh, and to put it first and to let him build the home. So I um, really want to encourage uh, husbands and wives um, to put that as a priority and, and, and to see, uh, we see the benefits of two people, uh, one who lived a life dedicated to God and one who didn't um, as well. So um, I've got a slide up here, actually. Can you put that next slide up with some, some nice wise words from Mother Teresa on the family home? Uh, if you guys have got that there. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. How nice is that quote? To the businessmen and to all those who want to conquer the world or even in our service to God in the church, that's probably the most golden rule there. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. So I'll leave some questions with you guys. How can you, or what can you do differently this week to, um, to see our family as treasure, to make fee- people feel important, and to see that as well? Um, I've purposely kept the sermon short because I know that um, um, prayer is important and it's powerful. Um, can the band actually come back up? Would that be okay? Especially the keys. Can we get some keys playing? I missed it. He likes the keys playing, there, so awesome. But I want to take this opportunity to hand it over to the Holy Spirit. Um, I've just preached what I was given, and it's been a night. It's been hard, hard work, and even yesterday at home, when you're trying to be all super spiritual and put your word together, and there's niggles and fallouts, and <laughs> you think you're not up to the task. But um, you know that you know the devil is our enemy. He wants to see our homes destroyed. He wants to see. Our house is filled with rage and anger and bitterness, and he wants to see um, basically things as far away from the home that God views and and gives us. So what I wanted to do was to ask every married couple in here to come forward, and I've asked Elma if she would um, pray over each one of you guys. Just let the Holy Spirit just work, and if there's anything that you guys need healing with and help with, just to encourage you guys to take this moment um, and to come forward and, you know, if you've got the mindset that prayer doesn't work, then you're absolutely right, because without faith, 
God can't move and we can't please him. So I would encourage you guys to come up and just um, be expectant, just to let the Holy Spirit move through this time of ministry. If you are here and your spouse is not, please feel free to still come up. If you're single and you want God to bless you in areas of your life, please also feel free to come up. If you're here as a family, feel free to come up. And we're really going to just give the Holy Spirit some time and some room um, just to move and, to, and to, to work in our hearts and just to help us to grow as a family because a godly family will be the thing that changes the world and the generations and the kids down the line. So why would our married couples be so brave to come up first and just stand? And we could all stand because we're going to go into a time of worship and I'm just going to invite Elma up and she's just going to pray over us. And let's put it together for Elma because I just hit her with it uh, 20 minutes ago as well.